Hello and welcome back to another episode of Forward Thinking where we dive deep into topics relevant for anyone in B2B marketing and marketing operations. I've got Chrissy with me. Hey everyone. So no guests this week, just us two. And this is a follow-up to one of our previous episodes where we really dove into developing empathy, the golden rule of marketing that you should market like you would want to be marketed to yourself. Um, and a thought experiment on how you can really figure that out by really thinking about how you want to be marketed to yeah. and then relating that back to your prospect. Um, so this episode has a follow-up to that. We're going to go through how Chrissy would want to be marketed to. And, you know, Chrissy isn't abnormal. She there's probably, there's probably everyone's going to relate to this in terms of how you would want to be marketed to. But just some real fundamental um, tactics or strategies or how you should just set up your marketing in general to really just be relevant and have an, and have a great experience for your for your prospects i think there's about 10 um fundamentals that we want to go through yeah. so i think yep yeah, let's just dive right into it where do you want to start yeah so before i kick it off i think i'm gonna include basically more of like the marketing strategy and then also follow up to that the sales strategy not so much like what you do during a cycle for a salesperson but really from like a sdr or someone who is doing that same kind of effort of reaching out to a prospect like marketing. So I'm going to go through both. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is a very, you know, loaded kind of topic. I could probably go on forever, but I wanted to stick to some of the, the bare minimums. And I think that all teams can really learn from and really where I think can make a really big impact. So for me, I think from the very start is just thinking about your website experience. Because when we look at how people are buying technology, they're doing a lot of that all on their own. And where they really go to find your brand is your website. Um, and so I think really B2B marketers, I think put a lot of thought into that, but sometimes I think it can, it can maybe be a bit separate or you know maybe owned by like the website team and then it works with demand gen but i think we really need to think about the website experience as a whole of like that's what's really marketing to our prospects um and so the first thing is i always look at that experience like can i find content there that really appeals to me um can i understand what they do really easily um and you know is the messaging clear is it speaking to like my persona um that's kind of a basic but i think if you did go back to your website right now you might find like your resources or contents hidden maybe it's all gated it's really hard to access and so you want to use your website as a, a driver for educating your prospect um but also then making it clear as to what your product does and um what the so how do you is. feel about gating do you love filling out forms no <laughs> <laughs> no i only like filling out forms for something that i think is really valuable and we're gonna be doing a whole set of podcasts soon around the base new basics for and part of that will be converting people and that strategy we'll go deep dive into that but i don't think that to get content that is you know thought leadership I, I don't like filling out forms um if it was like a template or a workshop or a webinar where it makes sense where i need to register that is fine but everything else it's not a great experience to get so would that. you say a hundred percent 
unless there's a requirement to pass over information like it's an event or you're requesting a demo or contact us, you say ungate everything? For me, yes, if I was the prospect, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I think I agree with that. I mean, I've I've always said the value is in the, the person consuming the content and mm-hmm. learning whatever they need to learn through that content. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, if you're getting a conversion rate of like 40, 50% or something on that page, that means 50% of the people that are trying to get that information aren't getting it. Totally. So therefore, I think there's there's often the justification for gating is that, or, or the, the reason behind it is that you probably don't think your content is good enough to really persuade or really educate the buyer in a way that's going to potentially lead to like a sales conversation somewhere down the road. So if you're, if you're not confident enough in your content, then you feel like I have to get their email, then, then do more and more and more and more marketing, right? And like try and call them and put them into a crazy nurture cadence. But if you're confident in your content and you think it's great and you think people are going to learn a lot, keep on coming back for more, you don't need to gate it. Um, But I think that's that's a a difficult thing for some people to get their head around. Yeah. And I think the easiest way to think about that, too, when you're doing this exercise from empathy, you know, to build empathy, think about yourself is also look to kind of B to C kind of experience. So if I, you know, I. If I went to Sephora.com or something, I love makeup. And if if to view one of their videos on how to, you know, use this new eyeshadow palette, I had to fill out a form, I would just be like, no, I would just move on or something. Um, it doesn't really make sense to me. And I kind of would kind of be a little bit, un- you know, feel weird about that experience. It's kind of clunky and I'll move off of it. So... Um, yeah, and we actually so for CS2, we are all of our contents ungated. The only um, we actually don't have any any forms, but we have a Driftbot for for contact us, and then we have a, a newsletter subscribe form. Um, I actually had someone respond to our newsletter confirmation email the other day and said, I forget exactly the words, but it was along the lines of, I I, I always subscribe um, after like being able to download a lot of content without having to hand over my information. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of proving the point. You know, people want to be able to experience your brand, learn, understand, and, uh, digest content and read more, learn more. And then if the, you do build that trust and you do, you in their mind, you have built that authority and you're the expert in the space that they're trying to learn about, then you have the conversion point to like, actually subscribe for something yeah i think we were talking about this the other day i'd love you to elaborate more on this like a lot of people kind of have you you fill out a random form and then they are subscribing for something but the prospect you don't explicitly even say you're like maybe on the form you say we might send you some emails from time to time and they go into this like random bucket who just get a load of random emails but a way better experience for the prospect is to get all that content whenever they want it yeah and then if they are ready to subscribe to something Mm-hmm. right like a newsletter where it's very specific you're gonna get this many emails over this many time or subscribe to hear about this or subscribe for our workshop or something then they understand what they're getting and you're not going to get so many unsubscribes and complaints and right it's a way better experience for the person yeah and i think that people are clued into now oh if i fill out a form for a white paper i'm just instantly going to be bombarded right. by sales and i and i i know from my own experience i i would like 
the very few times I actually do fill out the form, which if I ever see a form out of principle, I just don't fill them out anymore, even if I want the content. But like, if I do, I am so ready to unsubscribe. Like when I get the next load of emails, because yeah. I know I'm just going to get bombarded with a load of crap I don't want. Right. Yeah. So I think <clears throat> that one is a big one, um, but I think we're pretty clear and we'll go deeper into that on, on future podcasts. But I think especially for those teams who are really trying to figure out, well, how do I make that switch and what are how do I ensure that, you know, all of our goodness in marketing, people feel confident with mm -hmm. it. Um, so the next one um, is, you know, kind of based on what you said, but, um, you know, from a website perspective, I feel like the conversion points are really clear. You want it to be more when someone's either ready to talk to sales or for something that's really high value. And when it does come to being ready to talk to sales, I do find that now because there's all the uh, tools out there to do it. Um, it is nicer when you can just book instantly with someone or even chat with someone or you get in contact with someone right away. So the promise is that you'll be able to get in contact with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like number one, if your processing or lead processing pipeline has any flaws to it, we've talked about this before in operations or, you know, the demand gen team should really be focused on that because the time to get to sales is is really key. And if you can even reduce that down to even be able to book with someone instantly, that's even better experience for people. Totally. And this is an area where I think a marketing ops or revenue professional can really provide a lot of value. Yeah. And if you, if you if you're looking for things to prioritize, look at your lead flow and try and make this a priority. Like mm -hmm. get that how can you build this kind of like instant communication with someone that's interested because right. every minute that goes past that prospect is getting less and less likely to talk to your salesperson. So if you can either get that instant chat through like a chatbot, instant book meeting book sometime in advance. Or if you don't have any of the technologies to be able to support that, how do you get that lead to the salesperson like as quickly as possible? And it's a very complex problem to solve with so many interconnected tools, lots of processes within your marketing automation platform and your your data pipelines, etc. But that's why it's a great um, problem to solve for a marketing professional. Yeah, and another thing to add on to that and think about is if you do have someone fill out a form there, maybe try and gather some information that's going to make it so that whoever does reach out to them does it in a way where they know what they should be expecting. You know, who they should have that person that's ready to talk to them. You know, they should be have the resources tied to whatever use case they're interested in talking about. Um, think about maybe how to improve that experience because I think for a prospect with very limited time, especially for me, I'm a busy person. If I get on a call with someone, I want it to be very useful and impactful and a good use of my time. Okay, so the first two there to summarize, it's really make your website experience you know a lot better for the prospect to be able to self-discover and find what they need to find ungate as much as you can if not everything but then have the key conversion points absolutely optimized when they're ready to convert yeah okay what else yeah so i think uh 
especially from B2B standpoint, another thing that I really like is getting bought into like a brand for that company. And I think a, a easy way to do that is uh, to use LinkedIn as a good channel for that. Mm-hmm. And so I find that when I see content that really relates to me on LinkedIn and it's from like actual people, and we've talked about this before, but people at the company um, that are, you know, spreading that, you know, um, evangelism basically and best practice, I really get bought into that. I love, you know, the people part. And you, you'll see a consistent thing for me, like, you know, getting in contact with sales, you know, having that person really follow up, like just adding a personal aspect to all of your marketing, I think is kind of what's expected in this day and age now. And so from a LinkedIn perspective, just also making that content really relatable. It doesn't have to be just pushing your product, really think about what are like the pain points of, uh, you know, my, my prospects customers right now, let's, let's share information that can really help them. And in a way that's engaging and really quick and LinkedIn's a great format for that right now. Yep. Even, um, so beyond that, like targeted ads. So if you feel like you can't get connected to people, even when I find that I'll much rather have like a, targeted ad uh, be a way that I find someone's brand rather than them just cold emailing me where I'm going to unsubscribe. So if you do feel like you know what accounts you want to go after, you're spending all this time trying to find the contacts so you can just spam them. But why not just take those accounts and really focus on how do I create some targeted campaigns and ads that are going to actually you know, get our brand and um, our message in front of them in a way where it feels less invasive. Yep. Okay. So once I convert, um, and I think you've talked about this before, but I think that the content from a content perspective, and this is the same content you have on your website, but once I convert, I want to receive content that really educates me. Uh, really something that's going to help me give me third-party validation in a way that's not boring. And so this might be going back to your nurture and thinking through how we can maybe change some of that content. I love like emails that are easy to read that talk to me the way I I talk to. Um, when things when people have this like marketing speak or very more like business like speak, um, it doesn't really. I just find it boring and I'll just like get rid of it. <laughs> and when I get rid of it, I just delete it. So um, it doesn't matter who you're targeting. You know, people are people. Like think about your prospects as just people and speak to them that way. Engage with them that way. And also know that their time is valuable. So it doesn't have to be super long format content that you can you have to send these days. If anything, it's just what is this content engaging you know, is it easy to digest and is it really going to help them in their jobs or help them make that decision to buy? Totally. And then the other thing I think that marketers, because we we all love validation and we like to be able to see a result from something. Um, some of the best newsletters that I subscribe to don't have any links in them. Mm-hmm. All the content's in, in the newsletter. Yeah. So I can just skim the newsletter and it's like a weekly thing. I get a lot of value out of just skimming it. I don't need to click and like maybe some have some links at the bottom or something but like i don't need to i'm still getting value out of out of it mm-hmm. and i'm and it's coming from a person it's like written from that person yeah. right kind of just educating me on a topic week over week with some tips and tricks and ideas things to think about that are re- really relevant to me totally um, and that 
that I think is better than just like going through all of the content you have on your website, writing like two lines, like go click this and read this other thing that they may have even seen already, or they may have just like skimmed, like not even mm-hmm. wanted to read it or like once they saw like the link on your website. So I think don't be afraid to like not see any clicks in an, in an email if you're giving enough in the email, right? Totally. A lot of people don't want to click and spend a load of time you know, on a piece of content. Um, they're just like walking around and they you know they're on the toilet and they just like look at their email and skim through and like read it you know <laughs> you know what I mean so don't be afraid to not see but then obviously you have to be confident totally not to see like a click-through rate right yeah I I had a post about this where I, I messaged back a brand I ended up buying we ended up buying a car and almost it felt like solely based on the email I received from them and I responded back to them and I posted about it on LinkedIn. It's like, you know, you're a marketer when you respond back to an email and let tell their team that that's the reason why you purchase. And there was no, there was like a link to go to a, a web page, but really the the selling point of that whole uh, email was just around their safety rating. And I'm a new mom and I was, they already knew that I had done some test drives before. And like, finally I was like, okay, um, you know, right timing, right message to me and that's what got me to convert and so i totally agree too like if you if once you got that person to open the email why make them do another step just to get them to the place that you want and so also thinking about from a nurturing perspective or even a newsletter is you know great for this like you said it's increased uh data superheroes newsletters actually does this good too but you can make parts of your newsletter the meat of what you want them to read. We do this in our own newsletter, mm-hmm. and I think that's a, a great great thing. And yeah, and don't we... get don't get bought into like not seeing those metrics. I think the overly obsessed like metrics kind of um, perspective is kind of what's been killing marketing and making it. Well, yeah, and click through click numbers are so bad anyway. Like yeah. given that you have um email security systems like barracuda clicking links and it's like you can't trust these things anyway totally um but and and i didn't want to get started on clicking a link and then having to fill out a form off (laughs) yeah god i mean that that has to just end right yeah and i think it's because of the sake of like a team needing to generate mql which you know go back to any of our podcasts but so the whole if you just turn your paint your your main metric into driving revenue like those decisions are easy but when your team is gold on you know getting lead conversions form fills mqls that are based on clicking links and emails that's what's going to drive those other behaviors and so i think fundamentally also thinking about okay what do we need to change from like a goal perspective that's hard but take baby steps too. start testing some of this and then take the plunge yeah and on the mql topic i think it's really valuable to to have mql types so you could have yeah you know, like an explicit intent where someone has filled out the demo has filled out a trial has you know contact us yeah and then if you do want to do like implied intent from just like a score-based content metrics then then fine, but the first one, which is, should be your priority MQLs, where people are really reaching out, that should, if you are look, tracking MQLs, that should be the, the 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 number that you're looking at. Like how many people are actually, you know, requesting a demo, starting a trial, um, or contacting sales, right? The other implied ones, fine, like if you want to track that, but you need to split them out because you the implied one is can be gamed and all has all the negative 
you know, issues that we've talked about before about MQLs, but the explicit one, you can't game that, right? Like someone's actually filling out, asking for a demo. Someone's actually wanting to speak to sales. Someone's actually starting a trial. So that should be the metrics that you care about, not like clicking links, filling out a form from a, you know, a nurture email, you know, like that. It's just, it's leading you down the wrong path, right? Totally. To do marketing like you wouldn't want to do. We wouldn't want people to market to you. Yeah, and all the things I'm talking about, kind of, t if you think about it from a long-term health, like you said, it's not a game. Don't try and game the system right. to meet your metrics. That'll never help you meet the business goals and everyone's going to be confused. Why is marketing generating all these MQLs, but our, we're not hitting our revenue number? And so think about it long-term. What's going to really be, how can I keep this prospect engaged with us forever? Not just like I got them to click into an email, but then they end up unsubscribing or, you know, whatever it may be. So think about it that way for sure. Um, yeah, so just kind of speeding through like the type of content, I think it's changing. But, you know, if you're listening to this, you're listening to a podcast. And so it's just further... Um, proof that like audio is a great thing for people, especially, uh, you know, when you have limited time, we're spending time at home right now too, which means we're not in an office. So you can have something playing in the background and also people, you know, are more, you know, connected. Like you have your AirPods, you take your dog for a walk, you know, an audio, um, you know, format of content can be great where it's at the end of the day, like who wants to just continue to stay on their laptop and scroll through a long white paper. Mm -hmm. um, so, and the great thing about a podcast, so like kind of the strategy that we employ, which is the content waterfall. So we record a podcast, but it's a video podcast. Then we can, so we get audio and video. Then you take some of the video, you can convert that into micro videos to post onto social. And you can take some of the clips and you can turn that into you know, gifts and quotes and images that you can use on social. And then you have the transcription, which you can then turn into content mm -hmm. on social, long form content for blogs. Um, and and it, it's just this self-perpetuating cycle of just like content, creating one, one piece of content that just creates dozens and dozens and dozens of other pieces of content across multiple different platforms and helps with your distribution. So try and think of everything in a process. Like we're all operations people, right? Or we're not all operations people, actually, sorry. But some most of us are listening to the podcast are operations people. Or even if you're in marketing, think like an operations person and think of the process of like how you're yeah. going to deliver on all of this stuff and think through the steps. Um, and you can scale things up very easily, right? Like we just have like us and one person and we can still produce quite a lot of content just because we've really thought about the process of like how you take one thing and just really squeeze all of the value out of it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I think from for uh, just quickly when thinking about now more people like using your product or even becoming a customer for me, if I'm in a trial or, um, you know, I'm starting to use a, pros a product, I do like being um, educated through that like application itself. And so tools out there uh can do that and and that's a great experience but if not if you if email is a great way to do that um think about like how do you onboard those people quickly and easily um you know can you have like little videos that show them how to use the tool even like gifts to point out different areas of the tool don't expect someone that logs into your trial or product like <laughs> knows what they should do really guide them through 
through that process. And you can use the data from your application to really make that timely mm-hmm. and effective. Um, and then lastly, like once I am a customer, I want to feel seen and appreciated. And I think this is something that I think people are doing more now, but but really think of your customer. Like if you have a good customer, you should you should know, you know, your your CSM should help you get that information or you know, there should be ways where you're really um, addressing your customer in a way where they feel like they're the individual customer, not they're a part of a group of all these people. And part of that could be, you know, really making sure that there's like some customer love that goes back into them, you know, how, you know, and do it in a fun way. So you can have a special newsletter just for customers, highlight what customers are doing within that customer newsletter, have a customer advisory board, um, do user Zoom events right now just for your user to get connected with each other and share their stories. And um, that'll just make it so that, you know, your customers are your best evangelists. Um, they know the other people who could be buying this. And so really think of that as like an amazing demand gen channel for you. And there's some simple ways to do that by just making them feel like they're noticed as a customer is seen and loved and mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, I was reading the other day about how um, given the, <clears throat> the explosion of, of everything digital and online and how hard it is to really kind of get an idea of, of kind of like a company and their product and service because there's so many messages, there's like mm-hmm. so much advertising, there's so much everything that is just completely overwhelming. The, the more this is, you know, exponentially growing, the more people are relying on just word of mouth and their network. Yeah. Like it's kind of counterintuitive to think like there's so many ways to learn about a company now online through their messaging, through their marketing, et cetera, that actually we're reverting back and we're focusing more on what, like what our trusted, you know, in like people close to us, our trusted network tells us. Um, So I think, yeah, focus it. If you are, don't, Focusing on your customers and how how can you really turn them into evangelists to be able to promote and really you know, this is this is really gets to the core of like the market how you want to be marketed to right because we all know this right everyone who's listening to this and us speaking we know like if we want to buy something how many times do you go and ask like someone you know who's got it who mm-hmm. you trust and get their experience and that is worth far more than any marketing that company could have done. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure your customers are happy. And obviously that's a, is a huge topic in, in itself, but mm-hmm. like a lot of companies, I think don't just kind of forget about their customers and just only care when it comes to renewal time. Right, which is not like crazy to me. And you're, they can be ambassadors, provide you quotes for your website, great website experience to talk about, contribute to content. There's so many ways that your customers can act as even extension of your marketing and selling team. <clears throat> if you do it the right way. Um, so totally agree. So then how do you want to be sold to from a sales perspective? Yeah, I, lo- I love this concept because I'm not one of those marketers that go like, sales sucks. Why do I always receive <laughs> emails from them? And sales is inevitable, especially if you have a high ACV and like outbound marketing is just like inevitable. You can't really build a business. Uh, it's really hard to at least uh, just by pure out- inbound. Especially if you have a long sales cycle, high ACV like I was talking about. So I, I do think that a sales strategy, that's also in alignment with a marketing strategy is important. Um, 
but it's just doing it the right way. And I think this also goes back to how people are gold. But if you're purely measuring your sales team, especially SDRs, like the frontline kind of extension of marketing, uh, like purely on uh, volume metrics, like marketing, you're still going to have the same bad behaviors, doing blast emails, blanketed emails, calls, but really like no no research before even making that call. Um, yeah, and actually on that, so we talk a lot about how marketing needs to be focused on on revenue and outcomes, right? Yeah. And instead of kind of like more vanity metrics like clicks in emails and et cetera. Um, now sales, if you're if, if one the number one way you're measuring sales is on the volume of activity, mm -hmm. right? That's like re me measuring marketing on how many emails they send, right? But like that is unthinkable from a marketing perspective because you're like, okay, well, if, if, if I'm going to measure marketing and how many emails they send, they're going to send way too many emails and it's going to be a horrible experience for the, the people on the other end. Why is that any different for sales? Exactly, yeah. And I think that, I, I mentioned this in a past LinkedIn post too, but it also, for managers, like whatever you talk about first for their measurement, they're going to like solely focus on. So if you start like like, how many calls did you make this week? How many emails? They're just gonna think about, oh my gosh, how do I make more calls, more emails? But not how do I do, how do I have better calls or better emails? And so if you focus more on those conversion ratios, like we've talked about before, you know, what's their rate from, you know, SAL to meeting, meeting to op, especially op, meeting to ops like number one, that's gonna get them thinking, how do I get better meetings? How do I engage with the right people? more mm -hmm. and then you can have that conversation and I so I think it's it's easier it's a it's a step of education all of this is but that's the first one and so um, but, uh, but people go wrong because they think everything's um they're looking at the wrong ratios right they're looking mm -hmm. at how how many emails and calls does it take to, to get connect. to <laughs> a connection and then mm -hmm. to get to a meeting right so they think okay well if it's you know there's a just takes you know 10 emails and but we need to have emailed you know every 100 people we email we get like one meeting or whatever it the you then just have to stuff so much at the top to get to your goals right but then people forget how you, many people you're pissing off mm -hmm. because like yeah maybe your conversion rate is like one two percent you're pissing off 98 percent of the people with this horrible sales approach yeah you may be getting to your number how many people are going to refuse to buy from you just because of the way that you've been marketing and selling to them? Or you just have killed your email deliverability right. in the process and marketing you get blacklisted. now becomes less, less effective. So downstream yep. effects for sure. They unsubscribe. You can never communicate with them again. <laughs> yeah. And you're totally right. I think, and you know, there's, there's analysts out there that say you need a certain amount of touch points in order to get a connection. And that's based on benchmark data, but... And that, I think that's, that's fine. fine. I think yeah. it's more about just trying, looking at the wrong ratios. Like where it's like I need to connect, I need to email this many people to get this many meetings, right? And then trying to stuff the top. But I'll challenge that benchmark and say that sometimes, like, how do we just make it so that it needs to be less touch points? Right. How can we get it to one email? Right. Right. <laughs> and that has to do a lot with so instead of a blanket email, 
um, or social message with like zero thought behind it, which instantly I'm like, no, really doing the research on me as a person and the company and like why I should care when I'm reaching out and just doing that alone, but also potentially thinking about what's a good premise that I could reach out with. So do we have any shared interests? Like, do I work for a company for that has the same VC? Like just picking anything that, you know, did you go to the same college as me? I don't know. Just having that human element too just makes me more likely to respond because hey it's really easy to ignore a bot or what i thought was an automated email because there's no like real person on the other side of it but when i feel like there is even if it's like a response like i'm not ready right now i actually am more likely to at least respond and that's all an sdr is kind of looking for or all a salesperson is really looking for um, because they need that feedback to move on you know, or, or to say, okay, well, I'm going to reach back out later. Or, you know, why is that? You know, can I offer some, another like devil's advocate and say, maybe right now is the right time. And at least is an open opening. Yeah. I've actually got a little story that I saw the other day. So, um, there was this guy who I guess has developed a video game or something who want, who wanted to use the SpaceX, um, logo in the video game. So he messaged, he was like replying to all of Elon Musk's tweets saying, I'm going to keep on sending this every single day until you um, give me an answer, yes or no, right? And he would like say, this is like the 10th day, the 20th day, the, the 200th day. Anyway, so he got, I think it was, I got up to like 100, 200 days, he posting it. And eventually Elon Musk responded and said, yeah, you can use that. I probably won't see you interestingly he said probably won't see you so i don't know what the guy's gonna do but anyway so he he did the same thing for hundreds of days and and then he got the answer anyway i saw someone post this on linkedin i, I kind of heard about it from a different channel but then i saw someone post about it on linkedin saying like persistence pays off or something and i was thinking actually i don't know like i feel like yes persistence paid off so that's a good lesson but he did the same thing every single day. Yeah. Like he, he got his answer, but like, Why could not? he have been more creative? Could he have done something else? You yeah, know, like change your approach. <laughs> he took like 100, 200 days. Like, could you not have done something else? And I think that's to relate it back to what we're talking about. I think sales and marketing kind of think, oh, it's just a volume game. If I keep on trying, if I keep on doing the same thing over and over and over again, this prospect's going to buy or be interested, right? Yeah. But that, I don't think that's true. We have to change what we're doing, challenge what we're doing and mix it up and be more creative and be, you know, more, um, just like come up with different ideas than just like this constant, just hammering home of the same thing mm -hmm. that we think is going to just eventually pay off. Like we're going to wear down our prospects so much they'll buy from us right it's like that's the approach but that shouldn't be the approach yeah and i don't anyway like being... random story but <laughs> it kind of relates i yeah i don't like being worn down if and um yeah i, I totally agree so <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, back to the normal programming um yeah so definitely on the research part um also if you even can provide just resources for me that's even better do the research for me that i would normally try and do on your website from a sales perspective that's great um connecting with me on linkedin so the, i said like sending a social message with zero thought behind it but also if you're pairing a, something with thought behind it 
you're also connecting with me on social, I'm tying your name to the also the person that's emailing me. That lets me know that there's a real person behind that email as well. I'm not just getting some like AI bot emailing me or something. Um, and shows that you actually, oh, what was the step that they took to, to, to do research on me, to get connected, to learn about me? You're gonna need to do that probably to connect with me on LinkedIn anyway. But I think that just adds that extra layer of like this person's actually like trying. Yeah. Um, and if if the person you're trying to target is active on LinkedIn, comment like their stuff, right? Yeah. I feel like, you know, we're we're pretty active on LinkedIn. You know the names. Totally. Of, you, you recognize the names of the people that comment on your stuff a lot. So like if those people ever then start, you know, either posting themselves or messaging you on LinkedIn, a question or something, you're way more likely to respond if you've seen their name pop up in your notifications, you know, 50 times over the last year because they've been commenting or liking your stuff. Totally, yeah. Not everyone posts on LinkedIn, so obviously you can't do that with everyone, but if they are active, then it's a good strategy. Yeah, and if there's other avenues, if you see that your prospect is maybe like, so, you know, active other places, maybe try and find them on those places. But um, LinkedIn's an obvious one to look to first. And then lastly, you know, from a sales perspective, I just like unique ideas, like fun ideas, like something that breaks through those that noise, something that requires potentially more work. But when you only have a certain set of accounts that you're going after, there's no excuse not to put in the work. Like if, if you have, if you're selling to the enterprise, there's there's no point to say like, oh, I don't have time to do research on the account. You only have those set of accounts that you really could sell to if that's really a fit for you. So there's no there's no excuse to say we don't have the time. Right. Well, that's why ABM kind of falls flat when you have like too many target accounts. So it's exactly, like, that's, yeah. Doesn't, that's not really a target account if you have 10,000 of them because <laughs> and only like 10 salespeople. Exactly, yeah. Or even like 100 <laughs> at one time. We shouldn't expect sales to be like, oh, I'm going after 100 accounts right now. No way. Right. You know. Even if you have a hundred target accounts per salesperson, choose mm -hmm. five accounts to focus on for that month, right? Yeah, and we have some of that data and intent and, and fit insights to, to show right. who. Right, who's fit, yeah. And exactly. so from the unique ways, like, you know, direct mail is a great one. If there's some, now with people's home addresses, it's a bit hard. Maybe something that's, you know, specifically, you know, tied to them that you can maybe offer them through, um, you know, email um, videos, like custom videos are kind of funny and cool. Like even like an image, you know, you have like a whiteboard in the background and you customize that with a message that's specific to your prospect, you know, take a quick picture on Zoom or video or any other tools. Like that's something that's unique. Oh my God, one time uh, someone who, uh, who used to work at Lean Data found out their prospect like Backstreet Boys and had a website about them when she was young and then sang a, song, a Backstreet Boys song that was personalized yeah, to that, that prospect. Like that was the best thing I've ever seen, but how could you ignore that? You can't, right? And, and the fact that everyone's so online these days, it's quite easy to find little tidbits like that. Totally. Uh, and so... Remember, these are people that you're you're selling to. These are people that you're marketing to. And so if you just hear the common theme from how I would want to be 
market is sold to, it's really that knowing that I'm a person and that I will, I am being recognized as a person that's prospect for them and not just a name in the database. Okay. Brilliant. Well, if anyone is trying to target Chrissy, <laughs> you, you know, know what exactly to do. What to do. No excuses. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would say a lot of people will agree with that. And um, yeah, we'll, a lot of these take steps to do some fundamental changes. But I think getting everyone aligned and really talking through the same exercise, you'll see a lot of this will come up and that might differ to your current strategy. And then it starts conversations. Well, maybe we need to change our strategy. And that's a great place to start. You, you don't have to move mountains overnight. You can really start with, okay, where do we start first? That's realistic to make these changes. And part of that could just be looking at to your website. And then for the sales team could be just SDR improvement from their outbound prospecting. That's great. That will make a change. So yeah, hopefully that was a good inspiration for everyone. Yeah. And yeah, well, thank you everyone for joining us and we'll see you on the next episode of Forward Thinking. See you soon. This is Charlie. So if you liked what you heard, hit like on the platform where you watch this. Also, leave a review. Honestly, we would really, really appreciate it. You can also subscribe where you listen to your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even YouTube. And make sure you subscribe to our newsletter, which is packed full of exclusive content, updates for events or courses that we might be doing, all designed to elevate your marketing operations and B2B strategy. See you next time on Forward and Forward is Up.